Welcome back to an episode of Being an Artist is Fucking Killing, killing me. me. I'm Rainy. I'm Corinne. And thank you guys for tuning in. We want to send one more big thank you to everybody that came to the party, everybody that sponsored, everybody was there. And if you weren't available to attend, but you want to still support and a monthly support isn't your thing, like our Patreon, we do have calendars for sale. There'll be more of that on our social media. Please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the things. Um, And this week we have Ryan Alston. He is creative director at The Space in Ottawa. He's an arts facilitator that runs drop-in arts workshops for people on the autism spectrum. Here Let's we go. get into it. Uh, my name is Ryan Alston. I am from Ottawa, uh, down for the weekend in Toronto. I uh, grew up in Peterborough, just outside of Peterborough. Uh, yeah, I went to art, arts high school and uh, currently working in Ottawa at a storefront called The Space, which is a creative studio slash hub for adults uh, with autism or other intellectual disabilities. And I've been doing that for a few years. And uh, yeah, I run workshops, daily workshops, uh, creative projects, and mentor and facilitate uh, the creative process and kind of eliminate barriers and help to address the gaps in some of the community aspects. And yeah, kind of building identity and apprenticing for creative self-employment. That's our, our spiel. Um, so you went to Ottawa for school. Yeah. What did you do in school? I took uh, political science and women's studies at Carleton and uh, did that for four and a half years and didn't like the politics at all. Had to finish uh, my major and uh, yeah, women's studies are really helpful actually with uh, what I do. Just the intersectionality of that, mm. uh, taking it apart. You know. Interesting. How is it helpful what you do now? Well, just understanding like all the factors that make us who we are, like lived experience, your race, class, gender, all that, how it comes together. Um, yeah, and just when I'm working with the individuals and you know where they are, and yeah, just like not getting frustrated, angry, and impatient with people, kind of understanding why are they upset, why is this the case, or you know, look at all the things that come together. Uh, that's really helped me. And find out politics is just a bunch of old white guys writing books about old white guys doing stuff. <laughs> and then how does the UN work? And then how does it work in reality? That that quickly I lost all enthusiasm about that. But uh, yeah, I, if I could go back, I'd do college. You know, more hands-on stuff. But uh, the theory from that kind of helped inform a lot of the stuff that's helped me since graduating. Uh, whether it's doing the homes or doing the space, mm. very handy. What was the journey leading you to what you wanted to do at school? Like, why was your, what was your first choice? Or why was your choice? Right, yeah, I think I uh, applied to Trent to Carleton to be a social worker. Okay. Um, I think my mom certainly pushed me into a lot of things. Otherwise, I'd be at home right now playing World of Warcraft, probably. You know, <laughs> all the time, every day in Norwood. Uh, but yeah, my mom, you know, was a great role model. I think uh, any successful man or anyone who does it has a strong female figure somewhere in their life. So I owe her a lot. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, I remember... Grade three, I think, I remember there was a kid on the school playground. I found out he was autistic. I didn't know that at first, but, you know, me and my friends, we, you know, tease him. And, like, you know, and then finally one of the teachers, you know, got us in trouble. And rather than just disciplining us, she educated us. And that's when I kind of found out what the autism spectrum is. And then we kind of became his buddy and his, his advocate uh, through public school. And, uh, yeah, and I did speeches on that. Um, and since then, it's always been there. And... Uh, then uh, going to school at Carleton, I became a uh, special needs worker on the side. So just kind of taking guys out, you know, getting out of the ha- house, you know, bike rides, 
and uh, kind of doing videos, you know, let's make a funny video, pull up the phone and yeah. all the things that I would do growing up uh, just to kill time yeah. and that are fun and, you know, messing around with stuff. I did that one-on-one -on -one and uh, worked really well with the adults, uh, the older guys. I worked with some kids here and there, but it was more like babysitting and I couldn't really, hey, let's make a video or like, hey, you know, uh, just watching YouTube videos a lot of time. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, that one-on-one that -on -one experience was, you know, really, oh, cool, this is something I love, and I can pass on those skills, like how to make a video, how to just, you know, take your drawing and then turn it into, you know, do some funny voices and put it on YouTube and share it with your friends, um, kind of passing on my hobbies, and uh, yeah, that kind of uh, helped, and again, you know, so many people go to school for things, and then the job they get after has nothing to do with that, yeah. yep. um, but I met a, met a guy to do a website, and uh, <laughs> end up, you know, living in a group home for five years. <laughs> you, sorry, you ended up living in a group Yes, yeah. I was a living facilitator, so I lived yeah. with, with uh, adults on the spectrum and kind of cooked with them, helped them with life skills, and just, you know, remind them to get up in the morning and, you know, turn off the internet at 2 a.m. so they don't stay up. Oh. Until <laughs> uh, 4 or 5. Uh, play World of Warcraft, I guess. Like uh, you would. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so that, uh, that component kind of informed. Uh, their lives and what what's there, what services are, are there, and what ones are not for adults. Uh, and doing the home part, maybe look at the the daytime. What are the guys doing the, during the day? So they work, they volunteer, but a lot of times they had like four or five days off. And that one job was you know twelve hours a week maybe, and then you know it comes and goes. Uh, holding out a job is difficult uh, for anyone these days. Never mind someone who has anxiety and you know an intellectual disability. So uh, you know that's kind of where the space came from. Mm. Is that day programs, workshops, things that, you know, a place that's not home or work. It's like an in-between, uh, you know, place uh, to be creative because life's not just about working and, and sleeping, right? It's, yeah. yeah. It's more, more than that. And I think that's what separates humans from a lot of other animals and creatures is we create, we do art, you know, and yeah. uh, we don't just, you know, eat shit and die and, you know, that's... Uh, procreate. Yeah, yeah. And procreate. And then die. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... And yeah, creating is uh, is crucial. I think right. for anyone. Just for people listening right now, can you talk about the space? And yeah. 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 This uh, space is uh, located in Ottawa, central Ottawa, Vanier neighborhood. Mm -hmm. uh, storefront, you know, kind of discreet. We're beside a Dairy Queen. So I tell people. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great because it's summertime now. Finally, the snow just melted in Ottawa after eight months. So I'm gonna get some soft ice cream cone this week coming up. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, kind of just like a non-discreet. We have like foggy glass windows, no signage or anything, so people always miss us. What do you do in space? Uh, I facilitate workshops uh, five days a week. I'm there um, like 9.30, 3.30, and it's kind of a drop-in. People come on certain days, but uh, I work with four or five adults at a time. Three to six is kind of the usual, and we do creative workshops, and it's different for everyone, depending on their interests and where they're at and how often they come. Some people come three times a week, some people come once or twice, a month and some people come you know every day and then they I don't see them for two months they just kind of right. stuff happens life happens and um is it like a guided like a guided creative experience for them or a guided is there different types of workshops yeah i guess it kind of presence and mentor them yeah. um you know I, I, a lot of it what i do is pointing at the screen and you know click this click that uh sometimes depending on the workshop we do a lot of photography right. like photoshopping uh sometimes video we just did a newspaper um, yeah, and, and we're doing a podcast as well, uh, uh -huh. funny enough, so hopefully I can learn a few things from you guys. Uh, <laughs> I already have. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's like five hours they have, and they work at their own pace, and again, it's not so much what they accomplish, it's how 
they get there, what they learn, what mistakes, and um, yeah, just kind of improving their confidence with creating and not just consuming media. And you know, mm. they can be creators and and choose and uh, yeah, you know, they're adults, and so mm-hmm. kind of anything is anything is good. How do you take them, or how do you deal with it when someone comes to you and they want to do something that you don't necessarily know how to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always like to have some. You know, I prep. I have a general sense of what they're going to work on, but I like to know so I can help suggest things. But sometimes I'm caught off guard, and you know, we kind of learn together. Mm. And so they're really patient with me. And uh, yeah, it's a two-way street. So yeah, like we do Google, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> we, Wiki How I think, and uh, you know, kind of troubleshoot things together. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, uh, I'm always ready for. You know, I always have like 10 options, knowing that someone might not want to feel like writing or typing right now, or right. someone just wants to draw, or someone doesn't want to sit down and do that. So okay. always having a backup plan is, is helpful. Yeah. Is it just you that works in this space, or do you hire artists to come in and also lead things? Yeah, I'm the, I'm the main facilitator. Uh, we have uh, two or three other people who uh, like fill in or do a, a weekend workshop. One guy who does a lot of coding. I don't know how to code, but he does. And cool. so he does more of a technical thing on weekends, and... Uh, yeah, uh, people usually fill in for me when I'm sick or you know need to go. When do you get a, like time to leave, to take <laughs> vacation? If you're yeah, there, it's just you know. Yeah, it's kind of that. It's nice I can kind of choose my own, choose my own schedule, but yep. uh, it's like running a business. You, you pay yourself last, and anytime you don't work, then there's no there's no no benefits, nothing kind of safety net wise. Right. So I you know the day off is oh how much money am I losing over over you know head costs like that. So right. Right. I don't take much time off. <laughs> and you're not funded at all? No, uh, no, we're a private, uh, private business. That's you, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are private. Have you thought about um, looking at funding at all? Because I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like there'd be lots of space for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we did a Kickstarter initially, which raised cool. the funds for like a year rent and basic programming and. Oh IKEA wow! That's amazing. Yeah, ten uh, ten trips to IKEA. Finally. All those shelves. And, <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's on wheels, but uh, yeah, um, we we raised a lot of money, uh, and we've done two Kickstarters. Okay. Um, because people want to donate, and that's a one-off thing. We've 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 done with Patreon as well, a Patreon account. Mm-hmm. Um, any way, any way to raise money because the members pay for the workshops with their funding. Right. They have um, like passport, March of Dimes funding. Right. The things that are just for programming and yeah. so we invoice them and they pay for the space and you know it pays the rent and pays for uh, supplies and that's pretty much it so yeah it's nice we can do what we want we're not ministry funded we don't have these these mandates or guidelines mm-hmm. to follow and so we get really flexible and the space is you know supported by the members for the members so that that community aspect is great right. um but yeah always looking at ways to, to fundraise and you know uh yeah learned a few things last night <laughs> that's a never-ending battle yeah yes yeah yeah again I, like i'm sure you guys can understand just wanting to focus on the art and your process and yeah. not worry about you know having to worry about receipts and uh you know paying this or paying that bill and yeah. calculate all that uh which i i don't like doing i'm terrible at math i'm terrible <laughs> at accounting i'm terrible at asking for money oh, terrible. Yeah. it's it's hard yeah I, some people are so good at being like about asking for money and mm. being like, donate to this. I have another, you know, Kickstarter or whatever. Yeah. And some people just like can't do it. I'd rather gouge my eyes out than you know ask people for help or ask people for money. Um. I like really wonder if that's like part of people, certain people's culture around money, because mm. because 
I remember like my parents saying like oh don't ask how much money someone mm. makes right. like it's rude yeah. you know and so asking for money or asking for that like financial help it's always been difficult for myself personally like even like in university being like a struggling student I'm like mom I just like need a hundred dollars and not never like wanting to ask that you know right yeah it's a successful means lots of money right and if you don't if you have to ask for money then something's going wrong or you know right. you feel bad or yeah it's like all of that shame wrapped up in it yeah lots of, lots of stigma mm-hmm. um, I remember even when I was younger though when we used to like sell chocolate bars or whatever that stuff was for sports oh yeah 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 there was like one girl who was like I'm friends with and her family wouldn't let them fundraise at all like mm. they wouldn't be allowed like they would just pay for it they weren't gonna like sell the stuff or anything so like Mm. Seeing and those two sides, those two sides, right, and two families like or multiple families working in different ways is interesting. Chocolate almond drives. Oh man, drives. yeah, and those yeah. like boring white packages. <laughs> you just have those like weird cardboard boxes that like folded in on themselves. I would just like eat them all. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't sell any of those. I just ate them all. Yeah, you know, use, use like, my allowance. You're like, mom, I need a check. I eat them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think it's kind of hard to ask you this question because I guess you're not one of the individuals that's in the space, but how is it different for mm. people coming to the space and entering and being surrounded by other people with similar experiences? Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's not easy um, for a lot of the members just to get up and get out the door. Right. Um, I'm so appreciative that they show up and some of them bus, some of them have para, which is like a taxi service right. in Ottawa. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just thankful that that's a challenge sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting medication, getting at the door. Um, so people will just trickle in. But having that flexibility has been crucial and I think really helpful for our success is uh, just being flexible for the members. Uh, it's not like a school or institution. They're not going to be charged. If they don't show up, then they don't get billed for a workshop. Mm-hmm. And so the pressure for families that have limited funding and resources and, um, you know, they, it works because it works for the members. Um, but they all have different needs. Everyone's, you know, just like all of us, we're all different and we have our strengths and weaknesses uh, yeah. and challenges. Uh, everyone's a little bit different. But, you know, attending regularly, everyone gets, a, you know, gets comfortable with each other and yeah. eventually, that you know, helps kind of get them comfortable and expressing themselves more. Uh, you know, some people have been with us for two years now and mm-hmm. seeing, like, the differences uh, from when they first started with us versus now they, you know, walk in, grab coffee, sit down, and they start using Photoshop mm-hmm. and making pamphlets and stuff. And before they'd come in and they'd sit by the door and they'd, you know, mm-hmm. they'd just pace because they're you know very uncomfortable, right? Um, and so yeah, having an open environment that's it's bright, it's colorful. Like again, like I said, it's all IKEA furniture <laughs> and a bunch of old computers. Um, yeah, and having that environment that's that safe place, that's predictable, and um, you know a lot of people have anxiety uh, issues, and just trying to limit all the variables that could you know distract them from uh, being you know comfortable and wanting to to work and, and right. socialize. Um, was the choice not to put any signage outside for that reason as well? Like, to not have people that just, like, walking off the street and be like, what is this place? Yeah, exactly. That happens. Uh, there's a tanning salon upstairs for a while mm. uh, beside us, and people would walk in. This is a tanning salon? Like, every, like at least once a week. <laughs> they look they look around for a few minutes. They see all the art and colorful, you know, paint and canvas and stuff. And they'd ask, this is the tanning salon? And, you know... Uh, no, it's next door. Yeah, yeah. she's your fucking eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, it's for that for that reason where it's mm-hmm. it's pretty nondescript. Uh, you can walk past it. It's like that platform in Harry Potter. You know, you, just, you can't <laughs> see it unless you really look for it. <laughs> it's, uh, 
It's, uh, it's for nine and three quarters. That one? You run through it? <laughs> yeah, it's a pain when you got like, because someone's getting dropped off and the, the, the taxi driver can't find the place and mm. they're always late. Uh, <laughs> happens a lot. Um, but yeah, it's just for the members, just for adults. And um, even having someone new or having someone like open the door, like kind of you can see people, get, it's a distraction, like who's this? And um, yeah, they're working on something. And usually, uh, yeah, anyone new, any strangers, it takes a long time for them to get comfortable. And, mm. Have you noticed any patterns in terms of the different people that are coming in and what type of um, like workshop they prefer? Like if they prefer drawing over the computer? Mm. Have you noticed any like patterns in terms of that? Yeah, yeah. Certainly people have their go-to thing. Right. Um, I think I could just make videos every day and right. they would love it. Um, and it's that, that balance in terms of... Uh, Making it for the members, but also wanting to push the envelope, and you know, it's the it's for the members, but also the parents are the ones who pay the bills often and help with that that funding. And where where it's been funding this year, they have to divvy it up. And so I want the parents to see, hey, you know, so and so isn't just making funny videos; they're yeah. actually learning, building confidence with you know how to use programs and and other things. It's not just what you see on YouTube, right. uh, doing a, like a news show or a commercial parody. Um, so I want to focus on what the members want to do, but also, you know, want to, hey, try this, or have you thought about this, like taking this and moving it here, and again, once they attend regularly, we build that trust and that connection, and so that's huge as well, it's just being flexible, but also relatable, and, uh, you know, not forcing my agenda on them, um, and so I, I've been doing this for years, so I've, I've learned a good system that helps uh, people get comfortable and engage and try new things, uh, and then they, they take that home, and, you know, so it's a slow process, though. Um, but then the more they come, the more I can kind of see what works for them. And we have, a, a you know, over just, just over a dozen regular members, so I know them all very well now. And the new people, you know, it's a challenge. It takes, you know, a few weeks for them to really open up and try something new. Uh, sometimes people come in, I just want to do Godzilla videos. I just want to make a Godzilla video. I'm not doing anything else. And all my suggestions, you know, are ignored. And that's fine. Uh, then you let them do that, and then maybe they stay, and they want to do something else after, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's usually like you pick something, your character, it's going to be Mario or, you know, uh, we have one, one individual who loves Chucky. Uh, I hate Chucky, the, the horror Ugh. doll. And uh, he loves it. And so, oh, let's do this. Oh, I want, it's going to be Chucky. And so it's like blood and guts and, you know, <laughs> you know uh, every time. But uh, he does that first and then we move on to something, you know. Okay, now use a different vehicle. You know, you see the, the character is the vehicle for the project, using the programs, using the step. Mm. Um, and then once they do their own character, they do something that's new and different. And that's usually the compromise that we find. Um, so yeah, it's a balancing, it's a juggling act, I guess, uh, if I can use that metaphor a lot. Balancing what they want, what the parents want, what I think you know, it needs to happen in order for this project to be successful or for them to get that wow moment where they do all this work for two hours or three hours and then, you know, uh, before they go have something finished and completed that they can, they can be proud of. Right. Um, but also what they want. Sometimes right. they don't care what I, what I suggest and they know, and that's fine. I have to kind of back off and say, you know, pink, purple, that's all, everything's pink and purple. Maybe try an orange or suggest a blue sky instead of a pink sky because mm-hmm. your, your grass is purple and there's no contrast. <laughs> um, and no, you know, sometimes, like, Ryan, is this what I want or is this what the, the artist wants, the member wants? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, it's a fine, fine line. And when you get new members, you sit down and have, like, a consultation to start off just to see where they're at and where their experiences are? Yeah, usually uh, a, a worker, a parent, someone connects them with the space, and they come for a tour, right. and then they come for a free workshop trial just to see if they're a good fit and can utilize what we're doing at the space, and also if they're a good fit as well. Uh, that's been difficult. You know, we want to focus on providing a space for adults, usually 
with autism, um, intellectual disabilities, but there's a lot of behaviors uh, as well. Uh, some individuals uh, within a stressful new environment, stressful situations, uh, we can't have someone you know throwing chairs or you know punching the wall, uh, you know, or someone who's easily triggered, um, perhaps. Um, so yeah, we want to be a space for a lot of people, but we had to focus on. Uh, the members and so saying no to someone saying sorry that's been difficult uh, you mm-hmm. know your son or daughter really won't take advantage of the space or you know they're they came but you know they also would stop other people from you know enjoying the, the space because uh, yeah there's a lot, a lot of need out there and a lot of families struggling to find programs and things mm-hmm. yeah and uh, yeah how do those conversations go Usually over email. <laughs> Again, I'm, I'm a coward. I, I avoid confrontation, and I'll take the, the, the shortest, easiest way to avoid engagement. Uh, and so I think being fairly introverted has helped me relate to a lot of the members, you know, who don't want to socialize or make eye contact. And so... So yeah. you get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, using email, and it's, uh, you know, I have a, a board, and I have a team of people who help me, and so... Uh, Usually I'll pass it off to someone else to do (laughs) (laughs) and focus on the art when I can. Uh, Yeah. Besides, like, obviously funding and paying people or having it running a space, overhead costs, what is, like, one of the other big struggles for you, like, on the daily? Yeah. um, I guess promoting. Uh, Promoting is a full-time job. I'm sure, you know, there's no as well. Uh, Yeah, promoting, I've... uh, we're fairly new, mm-hmm. you know, two and a half years we've been around. So letting Ottawa know that we exist and we're, we're an option. There's a lot of established programs in Ottawa, a lot of workshops and things that are great. Um, and letting people know who we are. You know, people just see, oh, painting? Oh, you, you guys just paint. And explaining that, well, no, we don't just do painting. We're, you know, right. there's a certain level of sophistication and, and focus. Um, and letting people know, because, uh, you know, we have room for more members and it's always... You know, we get a new member, we lose a member for a few months and, you know, trying to find a schedule that works. Uh, yeah, and kind of, again, convincing the parents to, you know, email us, get in touch, and also just going right to the members themselves. And so uh, promoting is, is something I struggle with. Again, I'm terrible at promoting and, you know, talking about anything I'm proud of or, you know, right. something I know very well. Uh, my attitude is like, you know, I'm just going to do this, and if people want to come, great. If not, I'm right. not going to force anyone or right. jump through hoops to try and impress or prove what I'm doing and why. Does it uh, feel like bragging? Is that why you don't like it? It's like... Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I've never been one to uh, to talk about my accomplishments or anything I've done. Yeah. Um, you know, youngest growing up, you know, my Maybe brother and sister, mm. you know, told me to shut up and, you know, go away. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know that. I'm the oldest. Yeah. <laughs> I was the one yelling. <laughs> and the middle child taking up all the attention, you know. Yeah. So I got attention, but, yeah, I, I, I didn't think, you know, my parents would say, you know, go go play Lego or something. And, you know, I had a lot of time. Grew up in, grew up, grew up in the country, uh, you know, not much. I, again, dating myself here, but I didn't have internet until, you know, I was, like, 17. And it was dial-up. Uh <laughs> If, if people know what that is. Uh, Still. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was a lot of time to do work on stuff and just have time to myself uh, in the country. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's, it's helped me. But, yeah, I'm not really good public speaking or engaging people. And, yeah, I hate, uh, I hate incorporating people. I'd rather just, you know, do it myself, right. which has its, its pros and cons yeah. uh, for sure. <laughs> I have, I mean, like, I think there's this, like, weird thing with artists and people that work in the arts where it's, like, 
there's one type of person who's really like they're very good at constantly talking about their accomplishments mm -hmm. always the humble brag or like the very not humble brag that's not really say it but like good at promoting themselves and mm. you know always being on their toes and then there's people who you like compliment and they're like nah please don't talk to me <laughs> yeah. and uh that's me yeah <laughs> Like the kind of like the British way of just like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I wonder if there's like, like again, like weird shame wrapped up in like bragging. You know what I mean? Because like mm. that's like something I can remember my parents saying to me like, don't brag. Like you yeah. did it, good. That you had to do it, or like it's your job. Mm. Like you don't need to brag about. You don't need, like nobody know needs to know. Not yeah. that. I'm sure they didn't say it like that when I was a child, but <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, I've never needed that, like, uh, that feedback or that appreciation or... or like, Validation. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, my parents were supportive, but they would never acknowledge that, uh, or, like, or were pat me on the back, you know, so I think that's helped me, you know, kind of persevere through things, uh, you know, when you're working on something and you're not sure how it's going to be received and you've invested a lot of it into it and... You know, knowing that you like it and that's good enough, that helps, you know, having that, that, that mm -hmm. mentality mm -hmm. and not worrying about what other people think, uh, doubting yourself and just, you know, yeah. help you just, just Doing get it. things done yeah. and then worry about that stuff later. Um, but yeah, promoting, I hate, uh, you know, <laughs> the money part, I hate. Uh, but yeah, small team. So again, I do the workshops and I have to also, you know, oh, so, so, did you get the invoice, uh, you know, and then. Uh, that invoice is three weeks late and you know we're on a, fi a fine budget you know we pay the bills but yeah. uh, again we try and keep the costs low because yeah. of the funding and where that money comes from and uh, yeah it's kind of I'll do like six different roles in one day and uh, yeah that's exhausting rather just focus on the project right right mm. do you find it emotionally exhausting working with people on the spectrum or challenging yeah certainly yeah uh, Again, I'm, my one strength is my patience. I think that serves me well. Again, being the youngest and being ignored, and yeah, just always being the last one to do something. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's uh, it's challenging because sometimes I'm like a you know a social worker where someone's had a tough day or they're going on, but they're, what their dad said to them, and so the art takes a back seat, obviously. And mm -hmm. there's like that ten minutes of coaching and getting back on track and mm -hmm. redirecting. And um, again, I build that rapport with them, and that helps helps them trust and. Uh, I know kind of the signs that someone's upset or someone's having a hard time, uh, but that's certainly the challenge of not knowing where their mindset is. A lot of them are, you know, those say, good, how are you? Good, you know. They don't actually tell me what they're thinking, what they're worried about. Uh, and you don't cry, right? You, you know, I, I guess it's part of it that you're probably trying to help them mm -hmm. get over it. So trying to not cry, but also... Yeah, yeah, kind of hover around and check in and kind of observe them and, yeah, approach them. But sometimes they don't want to talk about it. Right. And how, how engaged do I get or do I just let them give, like, 10 minutes to themselves? Right. And uh, everyone, everyone's so different. Uh, so, But, again, working in small groups is nice, like four or five people. And uh, some days, you know, we have people who are very social, you know, uh, to the point where they don't stop talking the whole time they're doing something. <laughs> and there's days where we have five, four people and they don't say a single word. Uh, they're just focusing on the work. And so every day is a, a different dynamic, um, but yeah, it's 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 hard because you know they don't they don't say anything sometimes, right. and I think oh is it something I've done or is it the project that sucks you know and then I start to do it myself, um, you know but then I have other options so let's try this and then yeah, and there's there's so many other variables um, with an individual right so mm -hmm. kind of dissect that so yeah wearing lots of different hats in a day definitely 
Um, it's <laughs> so tiring. Our teacher, you know, yeah. social worker, counselor, you know, friend, you know, uh, job coach. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Tech, tech support. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then the computer breaks down or, you know, <laughs> right. Windows 10 is updating again. And okay. you know, you're, you're trying to not scream too loud. Yeah. Um, and curse on your breath. Yeah. <laughs> How, sorry, how old are the members? Um, we don't, we don't really have a cutoff date, but yeah. you say adults like 18 and older. We've had some 16 year olds who are like off the summer join us okay. for uh, summer workshops, but most of them are probably 25. Okay. Mm. 25 to 30. Our oldest is 55. Okay. Um, and she worked in for the government for years, and yeah, and she's she's a wonderful painter. Now she's painting, and then. Uh, Digitalizing her work and then enhancing it on the computer, and so and then sharing it with her relatives. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, interesting that people 30, 40 years old they don't have a cell phone, they don't have a computer at home. Like we we're we're so bombarded with technology, we forget that some people don't have internet, some people don't have a, a phone, a smartphone. They have a rotary phone still uh, in some cases, and then it blows my mind. But then you know we're is, so so used to it. Is that like a choice that they have made, or is because? Of the facility that they might live in. Yeah, it comes down to, to money, and if they're right. you know fairly right, new right. to Canada, and uh, yeah, they they didn't grow up with the internet, and they don't think, why do we need internet? And uh, right. you know, uh, yeah, it's just it's a choice. But I, I'm always, oh yeah, we'll just go home and work on. Oh, you don't have a laptop, right? So, um, oh yeah, things like that. Uh, I'm quickly re- reminded that uh, yeah. Why do you need these spaces? Mm-hmm. I make so many assumptions. So yeah, one thing as well is not making assumptions. Uh, that's helpful with the work I do. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. Um, so it's nice to see, oh, this is a smart, a smartphone, and you can check the bus times on this app and yeah. uh, kind of opening up those gateways where technology is a wonderful tool for, you know, connecting people and enhancing things and uh, leveling the play- playing fields. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone comes in, they don't want to draw because they're a terrible drawer, they hate them, you know, they don't like to draw, but hey, this tablet or this app or this program, it, it makes it really easy. And, uh, you know, a lot of people... They'll do something, they mess up, they give up, they throw the pencil down and walk away. But Control-Z is amazing. <laughs> all programs have Control-Z, and uh, that fixes all the mistakes. And so their confidence and they're encouraged to try it. And if they make a mistake, it's a, you know, a few buttons, you're back to square one. Right. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's helped having those access points where there's a project that involves drawing, but you don't have to do the drawing part because there's this program. And so five people, different skills, different interests, they can really all accomplish something. Uh, in a few hours, mm-hmm. and uh, do you have them work together at all, or is it more just individual experiences? Um, most people prefer working independently. Yeah. Um, so do I. So I think that's, that's my bias for a lot of things. Okay. But yeah, there's there's several group projects where there, everyone will draw a component, for example, or create something, and we'll put it together. Mm-hmm. We do videos where they're you know they're talking together and acting together, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, those are the. It works for different groups. So different days, depending on who's coming, that kind of informs what we're doing. So I know Fridays, they love acting, so we'll do a lot of green screen stuff. And, oh, that's uh, fun. And TV shows, mock newscasts are always great. <laughs> um, sports <laughs> sports updates, <laughs> uh, commercials for Weekend food. update, Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a whole prop spin and stuff. Uh, yeah, anything's possible. Then the Monday group, you know, they're you know more quieter and just want to you know draw something or do a character something that involves their favorite comic book character or Godzilla. Godzilla is very popular. <laughs> all the members of space universally. So. That's interesting. Yeah. Some people love the old, like, Japanese, like, black and white stuff right. and don't like the new stuff. Some people are all about, the, like, the latest one. And, uh, yeah. But everyone <laughs> loves Godzilla. It's amazing. <laughs> How has, like, working working in this, with these, with all of your members, 
um, maybe like adjusted or changed your life mm. or has it? Yeah, certainly. Uh, I'm, I'm so fortunate. Uh, you know, as stressful as it is, as hard as it is to plan the workshops, prepare for things, you know, plan for the worst and all these things that come up, it's stressful and it's hard and it's, it's those, I have days, um, but knowing the members get up, they come to space, they're excited that, 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 that energy, you know, their, their passion, their focus on something, mm-hmm. um, you know, quickly gets me out of any kind of headspace I'm at. Um, so just having a positive outlook and uh, I think being able to create is one of the, the many things that, you know, humans I think have, uh, that makes it, uh, separates us, um, and so allowing someone to create something new or take something they've really liked and then try something else with it and then, you know, see that smile on the face and that, that wow moment where, you, oh, you can do this and then click on this and then, wow, you have this whole uh, elaborate piece now. Um, that's highly rewarding and, uh, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. Um, <laughs> that when someone doesn't get there, again, like uh, uh, Windows 10 has to update <laughs> and they don't quite get there or, uh, yeah, and sometimes... I feel like, oh, we didn't get much done, or they didn't like it, but then, you know, I'll find out two weeks later, uh, someone so loved it, they went home. Um, and yeah, and, and I'm, still, I'm still being surprised. People I've known for two or three years working with them, and I'll find out, you know, given this option, or if we put in this song in, if they play their favorite song while they're working, uh, you know, uh, they'll completely transform who I thought they were. I thought mm. I knew everything about them. And so always having those opportunities and, yeah, seeing what happens. And not knowing what happens, you get to wake up and see. I have a general sense of what the day is going to be like, who's going to be there, what we're going to do. But giving these guidelines, what they um, go, with, where they go with that, is, is uh, always fun, exciting. Yeah, um, it's so interesting the, the effect that music has on people. Definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, one of our members, uh, very quiet. She doesn't like to, you know, make eye contact or anything. But put on My Chemical Romance, <laughs> and she did a, you know, a, an eight-minute dance video. Um, and yeah, blew, blew, blew me away. You know, uh, she had a whole choreo- choreographed dance to go wow. with it, and um, yeah, would never have thought that. And uh, yeah, apparently, like you know, mom and dad look, so we're so impressed. Like, um, you know, it takes a lot for them to feel comfortable, and never mind to, to express themselves, but to dance in front of people, right. yeah. and to dance on video, and to have that out there. Uh, so have those you, those things are sorry. great. Have you um, done any like dance or movement in the space yet? Uh, we have a green screen. I, uh, again, I have my biases and my focus. Um, You're not going to lead any dance classes? Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, we, had a, we had a birthday party and uh, we had a dance party. We had a dance party and that was fun and people can't wait for the next birthday party so that we can have another dance party. Uh, and yeah, the green screen is fun because they can do whatever they want, right? The sky's the limit. Uh, so yeah, more dancing is in the future, in the future workshops. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm terrible with most things. And uh, I always want to do things that's like the, the shortcut, you know, like what, how can we get there? And technology helps. Right. Helps that. <laughs> like, oh, I want this effect. Oh, well, it, you know, a few clicks. And uh, yeah. There's a really interesting um, installation that it's from two artists in the city that I think that you should look into. It's really great. It's called the Toy Box. Mm. Have you heard of this? No, no. No. Oh, it's, um, it's been going on since like 2010, I think. But essentially, it's like a green screen. And they like, a really large like huge green screen and then they use these like malleable buttons and they can change the different areas that, that hmm. they see so there's a right, green screen that they're against and then there's a camera uh, and then there's okay. another screen that's projector hmm. you can see yourself against these green screens and they have props and stuff okay kind of like, like VR almost yeah yeah but it's like super good for people for all ages but really cool uh. mm. and you can see it right there instantaneously exactly. yeah. no waiting and to edit 
Yeah, it's like oh. in you hit a button and then it's like you'll be running down the you know, bell woods. <laughs> and you have these costumes where you can dress up like a dragon and then you hit a button and you're like in like a fantasy world. And it's like all these people that are being, because like, the camera's right there, right? So it's them mm. in these spaces. It's really cool. Where is it? Um, it's just like it happens in installations. So they like do Oh, the they just like do it pop up. Oh, you oh. can rent them for parties. And like, oh. bring, you could rent them for parties and you can for children's parties, birthday parties, or right, whatever. Yeah. And it's really cool. I'll give you the link. Yeah, maybe there's something in Ottawa. Something similar to that in Ottawa. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted to get more VR headsets and stuff, but yeah. sticking to a budget and, yeah, again, <laughs> technology, it helps, yeah. especially when you're doing digital art, the cost, uh, right. you know, you can design it once and then you can print, you know, 10 copies of it and you have, you have the original on your hard drive, mm -hmm. uh, which is nice. But, yeah, we'd love to get more into VR and, uh, you know, use the green screen for more things. Paint the whole. I want to paint the whole room green now. So yeah. not just the wall. Now the whole space. Uh, <laughs> but, what are the challenges with like you were talking about? There's lots of other great programs in mm. the city that offer similar things. How, yeah. How's it challenging dealing? I mean, like obviously you're not doing this to like make a profit and to like you know beat the competition. But how is it challenging to? with those other things already in the space, already in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it comes down to the origin of the space is to address a gap uh, mm -hmm. in, in programming and in uh, community where these adults, they go to high school, they do additional few years of programming. Like, uh, it's, in, it's all job-oriented. Mm -hmm. It's all about getting a job, finding a part-time job. There was the job coach, the, the social, the worker, people. And um, that's great. But then that job is, you know, three days a week. And that job, if they work too much, then some of their funding is cut back because um, right. a lot of them are on ODSP. And so, you know, having a job, <clears throat> but that can't be the one thing for anyone to have. Their identity can't be based on your job. No. Um, a lot of people it is, and, uh, you know, they're proud of what they do. But um, if that goes away, then what are they left with? And so I've, I've seen kind of a cycle growing up uh, working with these guys, seeing them in the homes where they work, they get all stressed out about going to work and then, you know, just, just to buy pizza or just to go out to Tim Hortons and spend the money they worked on. So I always encourage, you know, if you're getting a job, that's great, maybe three or four days a week and then have a volunteer, have something you like, do something you like, have time for family and friends and also, you know, time to be creative and that's where the space kind of fills in those gaps mm -hmm. where you might have your, your part-time job, you have your volunteer day and then you can't just, you know, live to work and having that space, having that, that place to get out of the house, socialize and connect um, that's what we hope to be as a as a drop in kind of community hub studio, you know hybrid, mm -hmm. a, a place that they can just show up and it's it's fairly laid back. A lot of programs that are established they have a, a, a mandate where we're just doing this and everyone kind of gets lumped into this one program often and you have everyone who has to do the same thing and it's you know about results and what you're doing and how they measure success is different. Um, and it's, it's stressful, and then, you know, they do it because that's supposed to lead them to a job or that just kind of exists to kill time. You know, mom and dad have to go to work, and they want their son or daughter to be engaged, and, and that's, that serves its purpose. But uh, the adults who, you know, have their struggles, have their difficulties, but, uh, you know, they're, they're sophisticated. They have, you know, uh, they want to do adult stuff. They want to focus on mature storytelling, and um, the space is for them. Um, and that's why we have it just for adults at this point. Um, but yeah, we're trying to be something different. But again, it's, it just takes a while to change that mindset. Um, right. And a lot of parents still want their son or daughter to have a job and work five days a week. And 
but that again for them of, to be like I'm going to put this in quotations because no one can see me like normal <laughs> right they mm-hmm. want their child to be normal and they want them to like live a normal or like a life exactly. that they would want mm-hmm. and so they're like they're trying to put them into that mold or yeah. they're trying to be as helpful as possible and yeah it's frustrating to see that in, mm-hmm. uh, where the son or daughter just does it because mom and dad, so we'll leave them alone and get off their case. But they, they, they hate their job. They, you know, mm-hmm. they want to stay home and do this and that. And again, it's, it's, it's a balance. It's all about balancing. But uh, just for them to work just so that they can buy food, uh, mom and dad, they have funding for everything else. And uh, yeah, it kind of defeats the purpose. Um, and so the space, you know, people are like, oh, it's just an art program. You're just doing art. Like, it's more than that. And so right. it takes probably like, you know, a good 20 minutes to, you know, kind of illustrate what the space is and what it's for and how it's different for everyone. It can be really personalized. So someone can come here just to work on the resume, just to print stuff and just to use the equipment. Um, they don't really care about the art part, but they, some people just come to socialize. You right. know, they are, they understand, oh, like, you know, they're learning and kind of, you know, taking their time getting into things. But um, yeah, it's different for everyone. So it works. Um, and as opposed to this large overarching program that's obtuse and not accessible. Um, right. So we're trying to we're trying to avoid that. Yeah. Do you find the drop-in model helps with that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, that flexibility uh, for them, and yeah, they can come when they want, and yeah, no pressure. Work on what they want, and uh, yeah, they can kind of. It's like a you know we're kind of modeling off a co-working space as well. This has oh, popped yeah. up more and more over the years. Yeah. Uh, we're just you know as opposed to working at home in your office or by yourself, working in a group and seeing what someone else is doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of. If you, I think, feel like you're more productive if the person beside you is, you know, writing a story or doing something like that, and you look over, and yeah, it's just a, it's a good environment to be productive and, and not just isolated. Mm-hmm. Do you have any personal uh, experiences to individuals with autism that are close to you that like led you to work with them? Uh, nothing. Not, I, <clears throat> sorry, no individuals growing up in my family, but uh, like that, like I mentioned, uh, in grade three with the, the the boy who attended my public school with me. Um, yeah, kind of putting on my radar. And, uh, yeah, I ran summer camps in high school, mm-hmm. you know, with other children. And, you know, found that just being patient, being relatable, um, you know, not just really having no sense of what's normal. Like, normal is whatever you want it to be. Um, mm-hmm. And not having expectations for myself and being pretty laid back, pretty easygoing, you know, always mumbling and, you know, not wanting to really get out there and express myself or my opinion, Um uh, and so I think that's, that's helped me uh, working more and more uh, through school with, with people one-on-one and then doing the workshops. And yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely helped. <laughs> right. Do you know why that, like, sorry, do you know why autism specifically, though, besides just that one experience? Yeah, I, I guess, uh, yeah, experience in public school and then, uh, you know, helping run camps and just working with the autism, uh, children with autism, uh, as a special needs worker, that just experience kind of right. led me to another area. So mm-hmm. um, learning learning as I go, essentially. Um, but, yeah, I didn't go to school for any of this, um, but that's life Life unfolds like that. Yeah. yeah. But always being creative and, you know, growing up and making stupid videos in high school and, you know, <laughs> just wasting time um, just to kill time, essentially. Um, and how rewarding that was and... Uh, I, how much I love that so it's great that I can kind of parlay that into some of my work and mm-hmm. all these little things I used to do uh, I can now pass on and, and mentor other people to do because uh, you know mom and dad you know again focusing on jobs you know how does this get you a job mm-hmm. but uh, there's more life right? right yeah did you feel pressure to finish your degree yeah certainly I know uh, growing up um, you know 
high school, university, you have to go to university to get a good job. Yeah. Um, you know, I wish I'd waited. I wish I'd gone to college. Uh, more hands-on experience. Um, I have a nice framework. You know, I have lots of essays that, you know, sound nice and make me sound really smart. Um, but again, the, the women's studies really helped in terms of just having a relational approach, learning mm -hmm. that. Um, and yeah, the tools of intersectionality and kind of dissecting the world and uh, being more relatable to other people. That, that was huge. So I wish I could have done more of that. But uh, school is kind of expensive sometimes. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I thought about going to school and taking courses and stuff. But again, I, I started uh, living a group home right away uh, once I finished graduate, uh, graduate university. And yeah, I haven't really taken a break since. <laughs> you can't. No, you can't. You can't. Uh, I always, I think I've said this a zillion times on the podcast, but I think that university comes at the wrong time for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It's really um, crazy. It's like daunting to make that choice for yourself at 18 years old when you have no idea who you are as a human at yeah. 18 years old. Yeah, I go from having like you know allowance to uh, being five thousand dollars in debt, right, uh, with a single Student, single yeah. stroke of a pen. Um, yeah when you're 16 or 17 and yeah you're kind of pressured and the world's changing so fast uh it's probably right. getting more and more uh stressful for uh for youth these days but yeah i took a year off and i waited but yeah i still felt the pressure to go to university that's what everyone else did that's what your mom and dad did and mm -hmm. you know um you know they separate you into streams in high school it's very rigid yeah you're um, making choices about your future at 16 mm -hmm. years old earlier earlier yeah yeah when do you yeah earlier yeah depending on the school right you're picking Oh, do you want to take all three sciences? Do you want to take this? Do you want to mm. take that? Do you need to take, eight, like, calculus, you know? Right. No, the answer was no for me, everybody. Crane <laughs> yeah, did not take AP science. Crane did not take AP science. Nope. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I don't think I did. I think I only did one science in grade 12, to be right, honest. Yeah. I only had to do, I think it was biology, because that was, like, honestly my favorite. It made the most sense. It's like physical. Like physical yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, plants and the world and things that are real. What the fuck is physics? Right. I don't know where how this ball is gonna go. It's just gonna. Go. Yeah, <laughs> gravity. Yeah. yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, if I can go back in time, I would slap my my uh, teenage self. I give him a haircut and uh, I tell him, you know, take a break. You know, try some things. Yeah. Work for a bit and then think about school and. Life experience is so helpful. Yeah. You can mop the haircut. Why would you get your hair? I had the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I didn't ever get a haircut. Cousin it. Yeah, bangs, and then I'd stick it up with gel. The worst, you know, the tippy do gel, the worst stuff. Oh, uh, like you know, love six it. Feet high, you know, like the guitarist from Billy Talent, uh, but just not not stylized. Uh, yeah, pretty bad. Well, I like your haircut now. Yeah, you're, you're, you're very well dressed. You're great. Yes, while I'm visiting here, I got my hair cut yesterday, so. <laughs> so I knew I was going to be on the podcast. It got to look good, so I, uh, I dropped some money on some new shirts and stuff. I don't know if you guys can see it or not. Great. I think that's a good place to end. Yeah. That was amazing. You're, oh. Oh, you didn't do your uh, question. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, because you've listened to some. Yeah, being an artist, fucking killing you. Yes, it, it slowly, it slowly is killing me. But uh, what else isn't killing you these days? Am I right? No. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's slowly killing me, but it's worth it. You know, I mean, yeah. if, if one thing will kill me, it's you know being creative. Uh, yeah, I'm fortunate to be able to create and have that that uh, that outlet keeps me going. So, yeah, I wish I had more time for my own hobbies and projects and stuff. But uh, yeah. 
Eventually, life, right? life is always changing and evolving, and mm-hmm. I'm excited for what's next. And uh, yeah, always having that option to create. Yeah. Always having a project on the go, right? So it keeps you through the highs and lows of life, as long as you have something to go with and work on, and yeah, an outlet, place to you know, just yeah, get your ideas and get your feelings out there. It's Amazing. Crucial. Thank you so much. Yes, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Congratulations. Thank you. Over one year now. Yeah. God. That this podcast is recorded the morning after our party. Party. And it's the first nice day, so we're sitting outside, so that's what it sounds like. Yes. Crazy. Getting my tan on. Yeah. <laughs> thank you guys for listening so much. Thank you for. Oh, thank you. Thank you for coming last night, Ryan. Uh, if you are interested in what Ryan is doing, you can check him out at thespaceottawa.ca. Uh, we're doing a fundraiser soon, uh, again, to expand our program and to help subsidize some of the members who don't have passport funding or any kind of way to go pay for workshops. So we'd like to have more people attend. Uh, so yeah, you can check it out. It's all on the website. Amazing. And if you're interested in seeing what we're doing, subscribe to our newsletter. <laughs> Woo! Follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, check us out on Spotify and iTunes, give us a review or rate us. Yes. And download us. We're also on Google Play and Public Radio. Mm-hmm. Literally wherever you find MySpace. your pot. Oh, not MySpace yet. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Coming back. <laughs> um, thank you guys. Thank you so much. <laughs>